0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your girl, Jessie May Peluso. Beep, 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 how the fuck are you? This week we are attempting to get back on schedule for our Tuesday release, but it is Wednesday. We're getting close. We're getting caught up after COVID made us cough up everything inside our being. This week is gonna be an old school episode of the Sharp Tongue Podcast, with so just me being me, answering some fan messages and while responding to some fan messages and discussing life you know how this podcast started just me and a microphone and my candid thoughts which may or may not be controversial controversial I I feel like the word controversial is more controversial than Universal Studios with Sean Connery (laughs) I have done edibles today it's later in the day which is when my brain starts to fail But luckily, this podcast has not failed, and that's because of you guys. Thank you so much for being amazing fans, and check out the Patreon if you want to watch the episode that's available on YouTube. You guys know the channels, patreon.com forward slash Peluso. and youtube.com forward slash Peluso. I appreciate you so much. You guys rock. You make this podcast everything, and without further ado, I hope you enjoy this new episode in our OG way with just me, your girl, Jessie May. Did that just rhyme? I swear I'm a fucking rapper. Sharp Tongue Podcast. Beep, 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 beep. You're beep. listening to the Sharp Tongue Podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Mae Paluso. It's a personal... comedy how hard it is to make it in this biz i'm a fucking professional each week it's something different sometimes i have a guest host sometimes it's gonna be a movie companion episode sometimes i just ramble about the bullshit i dealt with the week before you never know what you're gonna get it's raw uncut and funny it's me hey everybody i'm here another day another dollar you know i was thinking how much i love marijuana i really truly do I thought in honor of some big news about Dennis Rodman presumably going to Russia to help exonerate Brittany Griner from a Russian prison, I thought I would smoke a little farmer in the felon, which is a uh, cannabis company that supports the last prisoner project, which is a foundation that helps exonerate people that are still in jail from non-cannabis crime. Keep it all in the family. How's your day? How's your evening? Um, They make these so freaking hard to get into. It's like opening a CD. You guys, some of you listening probably are like, what? Because I'm at that age where I remember things that some people weren't even alive for, which is a whole other fucking episode of uh, complete fear and the realization that I'm plummeting towards an inevitable death. We all have a little bit of fear of dying, right? I feel like the people who are like, I'm not afraid of death are afraid the most. Are the most afraid, bring it on, really? Okay, Lance, we'll see how you are in the face of the Grim Reaper, brother. So we've got a little lemon sponge cake, very cute container. Uh, There's three in here, this is fun. Didn't realize that there was gonna be three in here. Oh, this just brightened my day. This is an indica-dominant hybrid. This is lemon sponge cake. We'll see how this baby tastes. I'm going to light it up with my Sex in the City letter. This I found at a famous actor's house. Oh, and I stole it because I wanted a I wanted a memento from the moment. Great movie, by the way, Guy Ritchie's memento, if you want to have a panic attack. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Rolled a little tight. Sometimes it's hard to pull. Better than there being less weed. You know, you can always empty it out, put it in a bowl. Let's see. Mm. But get her going. Hold on. There she blows. This video probably will be removed from having ads on YouTube because no one's fun. Because they'd rather promote sugary drinks. Addictive... Uh, you know, sugar products and uh, alcohol. But no, no cannabis. Can't have that. That's where the real danger starts. Speaking of danger, I was traveling a few weeks back and in LA, the airport here is a fucking nightmare. LAX is an absolute nightmare. It is, uh, I've traveled to many different countries and have experienced different cultures, ideas of airports. And I have to say that ours is the most heinous, ours is the most ridiculous idea of an airport. And to top it off, it's a huge international airport, but it's also under construction. So it's it's 10 times, not even 10 times, it's, it's an immeasurable amount of fuckery that goes on there daily now. So if you're flying in and out of it, it's not an easy travel day. It's a fucking nightmare. So I was standing outside in the passenger loading area, just observing people waiting for my my car to pick me up. And I noticed the security, they're ramping it up because people are having a hard time understanding where the fuck to go with all the construction. So the security people are like really, really uh, being very uh, authoritative, I guess is the word. Really grabbing that authority by the balls and just swinging it around at the LAX Los Angeles airport. There was this woman, a security woman in a van with a God mic. She had a speaker that she was screaming into to move people. To get their cars to move Because you, you're not supposed to stand You can't have your car idling at the airport So you basically have to do this Tuck and roll into your, your p- Pickup car Can't come to a complete stop You gotta be constantly jogging To get into the fucking vehicle <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me It's truly a nightmare Probably too soon. I'm so red from coughing. After me having COVID, should I be smoking cannabis right now? I did have long COVID. And even, I had it for 30 days. Not testing positive, but just feeling symptoms. And I had the longest cough. And I wasn't contagious at, at this point. And I was coughing on the plane. And I th- I really felt like I might be murdered. I was like, if I keep coughing on this plane, these people might kill me. And I can't say I blame them. I can't say that I will blame them for killing the coughing bitch. And in first class, hey, first class problems, COVID. (laughs) But the LAX airport is absolutely a tragedy. There was also a guy handing out tickets. Really, bud? That's what we're doing? Aren't there better jobs? Isn't there something else these people could do? Like, I don't know. Clean up all the trash. Oh, God, humans suck. I mean, we're great, but we also suck. There's a high level of suckery. I, I, every time I drive on the highway and I see trash everywhere, I'm like, can yeah, we fucking suck. No, we can't. This is why we can't have nice things. And we want to blame the systems that are in place, and we want to blame government, blah, 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 blah. It starts with us, folks. Pick up your trash. Don't be a slob. Have some respect. Have some pride in existing. That's a problem. People don't have enough pride in existing. They take their existence for granted. And it's what really, I think, causes a lot of problems. You know, we we assume that what we have is what we deserve. And we take it for granted. We really do. We, we take our pride for existence for granted. And... It's really, uh, I think it is a core issue. I do. I think it's a problem. I think it's evident in the way certain cities look. Because you go in these small towns where people know each other, and there's fucking farmer's markets, and the farm is just a couple miles down, and the city's clean, and the people take pride in it, and they enjoy helping each other, and they enjoy having a real community. That's the one difficulty of living in a city as big as LA that is as vast as it is and spread out as it is, it's hard to create a community because all of it is so compartmentalized and segregated. It's all these smaller little areas and people it's almost like these smaller tribes that don't really want to commingle or coexist. It's really interesting. LA is not a place for a person who enjoys a community. And I there are communities within this city. I mean, this city's got millions and millions of people. Obviously there's larger communities within this city, but it still feels very segregated. And it's 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 just not a place for someone who wants to, you know, have a hallmark moment in the fall with her lover from high school at the pumpkin patch. <laughs> And the homeless people here have the biggest community. That's my theory. I think the homeless people have more community than the regular residents of L.A. Not that homeless people aren't regular, but they're obviously on the fringe, a lot of them. And boy, are they unified. Homeless people have community and meth-head confidence, and that is scary. They're like organized crackheads. And the, the crime is getting so bad the crime is getting so much worse and, you know, I live in a area where there's tends to be some crime, (laughs) you know, coming from New York, I kind of thrive and enjoy a little bit more of a grittier experience. It's just how I have grown up. It's what I'm used to. It's, you know, it adds a little bit of excitement, but now I'm realizing that that is wearing its 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 gloss has been wearing off for some time now, and what was once an interesting way to exist has now become very laborious. It, it's an it it makes doing everything that you would normally do more arduous because you have to constantly consider the security factor. You know, do I have my fox spray, which is mace? Do I have a sharp object? <clears throat> Do I have good running shoes? These are things women have to think about in this fucking city. Can I stab somebody and run away? And the crime is so bad. Like, where I live, five of my neighbors, my immediate neighbors, because I live in a small community here. I have all these houses that are in one little area connected, and we have a, a community. Like, I know my neighbors, and we actually spend time together, and it's awesome. And, um the the amount of my neighbors that have had their cars broken into it's like almost everybody you know and it's you go into other areas other neighborhoods in LA that are more republican i guess is uh, re- really the truth it really comes down to the politics as far as like how certain systems within <clears throat> the local area are dealt with the issues like homelessness and poverty and crime and education all of that is you know politically driven and so Venice is a very liberal neighborhood but if you go to these more conservative neighborhoods they don't fuck around with homeless people they're like no no thank you take that homeless shit someplace else I'm not saying it's right but I am saying it I think it makes existing a little easier. I'm not mad at the homeless people. I don't want to treat homeless people like shit. I think our local governments really need to <clears throat> come together and figure out a real realistic solution to this fucking problem. and I, you guys know i don't I don't get political on this show. It's not the style of this show, but um. It's it's an alarming thing to live in and to see on a day-to-day basis. It truly is. And, uh, and, you know, in L.A., I've said it before, it's hard to tell who's homeless or who's a billionaire. So I just want, want to clean all that up so I'm not confused anymore. That's really what my main gripe is with this whole <laughs> problem. And to top it off, one of my neighbors has a crush on me. Yep. One of my neighbors has a crush on me. And, um, you know, I'm going to go into a year of abstinence. I did it a few years back, and I'm going to do it again just to sort of rejuvenate the vajaj. And uh, I'm going to hold tight to that, as, as tight as I can, for lack of better terms. I'm going to hold tight to my, to my purity and my chastity. I'm going to hang on to it and it, my neighbor's, he's barking up the tree. Kind of cute, kind of cute, we'll see. But I haven't told him I'm going to be abstinent, so I'll drop that bomb and see see how far away he runs. See if he runs and joins the homeless community so he can feel real love. Yeah, I, I have a gripe. I have a gripe with something that is so weird. Sleeper couches. You know couches that pull out to... Beds, I think they're called sleeper couches. Sometimes the thing pops out from the inside or you can readjust the pillows to form a bed. Why are they always so uncomfortable? Going from a homeless person to talking about having a piece of furniture that opens up into another bed. (coughs) Why haven't they figured out that technology? Why is there better technology for my toothbrush than there is for my couch? That's what I don't understand. I want somebody to really tell me what's going on, tell me what they think, because I have been on the hunt for a comfortable couch that someone can sleep on, that pulls out into a bed, and that mattress, it feels like pita, but not fresh pita, pita that's been left over in the fridge overnight. That's what that mattress feels like, day-old, cold pita bread. And I really think we can do better. I want to put that out there. And see if somebody can come back with the response and tell me what we need to do. What do we need to do? Maybe, here's the thing, and now that I'm thinking about the homeless people, a lot of them are talented individuals. We got to create like a school for the homeless so that we can get them trained in finding what they really want to do. And maybe one of them can create a couch that's more comfortable to fucking sleep on. Is that a possibility? Is that something that we can maybe come together on? Come together right now. Over See, if you sing, sometimes you're going to get your your episode shut off. So we can't... Not that my voice would really <laughs> set off the, the, the technology that recognizes music. Can you imagine this terrible voice of mine? I do wish I could sing, though. It's one of those things. I really wish I could sing. And... Sometimes I think I have a good voice, and then you go do karaoke and you're like, "Wow, I was gravely mistaken. There is a dead cat in my throat that is f- f- a cat that's dying and fornicating simultaneously is in my throat. That's what i would how I would describe my voice there's There's so much going on today uh, in the news. I did read an article that Dennis Rodman plans to go to Russia to try to help get Britney Griner out of prison. Which to me it's like Dennis Rodman pops up every so often. He's like he's like the groundhog for world news, international world news. Remember he was like he's like friends with Kim Jong Un and he went over there to like hang out with him once and and now he's going over to Russia. I appreciate the gesture. I really do. But what about all the people in our country? I mean, people have talked about this. <clears throat> Farmer and the felon. Last prisoner project. What about all the fucking prisoners we have on our home turf? If these two come back and don't create a nonviolent cannabis coalition to help exonerate those in jail for that, It's really a wasted trip, in my opinion. not saying she doesn't deserve to get out. I think she deserves to get out and she should be home, but do something with that. Do something with that opportunity. You've got all this press. You've got this experience. You've spent this short amount of time in jail. Comparatively, some of these people have lost entire lifetimes. They've lost the time spent with family. They haven't been able to... Grieve family members that they've lost They haven't been able to see their children grow up They haven't been able to say goodbye to their parents And they're they're years, decades behind bars I would imagine she's learned a lot Just from her short time behind bars And it would be really great If out of this we could really put in some reform For this epidemic of incarceration that we have and help get some of these people home to their family. While calls continue for the Biden administration to bring WNA, WNBA all-star Brittany Griner home from Russia, former NBA player Dennis Robbins says he's taking matters into his own hands. The five-time NBA champion vowed over the weekend to travel to Russia this week to seek the Houston Natives' release. Um, she plays for Russia club, UMMMC, Eckertingerberg during the WNBA offseason, and she was sentenced to nine years after being found guilty of smuggling illegal drugs into the country. And uh, Rodman says he's planning to travel to Russia to help negotiate Griner's release. The former Chicago Bulls icon has some experience with unofficial international diplomacy. He once called Putin cool after a 2014 trip to Moscow. And that he knows Vladimir Putin too well. This is just, this is who we need maybe to run for presidency. If we can survive Trump, maybe we need Rodman. Dennis Rodman. He could be the next president. I'm not saying he should be. I'm just saying he could be. He said, I got permission to go to Russia to help that girl. I'm trying to to go this week. I'm trying to go this week just sounds really noncommittal. If I were her, I'd be like, listen, can you just book it? Please. He made numerous trips to North Korea in the last deca- decade befriending Kim Jong un. The connection may have also appeared to help release American prisoner Kenneth Bay from North Korea. And, th- and Bay thanked Rodman for being a good catalyst for his release. So maybe there's something to this. <clears throat> All I'm saying is that do something with this. You know? The deal involves a possible exchange of Russia arms dealer Victor Bout for Griner. This just sounds like a fucking movie plot, doesn't it? That's what I said on Twitter. Having Dennis Rodman to go over to Russia to help get Brittany Griner out of prison just seems like a Mike Judge movie plot. It really does. And the ending should be them coming back and saving our own wrongfully incarcerated citizens. Well, you know, good for her. I hope he gets her out of jail and th- that they start in a new buddy comedy. It's so wild. I had to d- talk about that because it, t- to me it's like just as a black man, I would think you would have a connection to these people that are in jail. But as somebody who seems to like to come out of the his freaking – shell once every five years to go overseas and make friends with dictators and and such. You would think he would also want to come out of his shell and help his fellow brethren and sisters, but I guess not. Well, we'll see what the fuck happens. I want to go look into some fan messages. This one girl said to not mention her by name, and... I will not do that, but she sent me a DM, and she said, hi, I love you very much and listen to all of your pods. I have so many podcasts, I have way too many podcasts. She said, I wanna ask a question, do you ever look back and think, what a waste of time? I think about past relationships, experiences, and wonder, what was I thinking? Do you do the same thing? You know, I think reflection is never a waste of time. If the intention is self-evolution, Reflection or looking back for the sake of torturing yourself doesn't serve you and it doesn't serve your path on this earth or in your life. Looking back to learn about the decisions you made and and what those outcomes felt like and what you would have done differently next time, that's, that's personal growth. And I recommend that for everybody the journey into yourself is probably the most important voyage you could take in this life. And so much of our existence is lived outwardly without any sort of awareness about what's really going on within our own being. <clears throat> Excuse me for my throat clearing and slight coughing. Uh, I'm still still shaking that uh, shaking that COVID critter. But I do think looking back, is is a is a tool we could use. Have I <clears throat> do I think it's a waste of time only if it's being used to torture yourself. I don't think it's a waste of time when we're using it as a looking glass for our own evolution. And I think it's vital to do that. I think it's important. I don't think we do that enough. And I don't think, you know, I really I've looked back on my past relationships and definitely thought, what the fuck was I doing? But then I ask myself, what was I doing? We say that, well, what was I thinking? But we never extrapolate on it. Well, what were you thinking? What were you feeling? That's where the answers are. That's where you learn to not do it again. So I do that a lot. Um, Meditation and journaling has helped me access the space So I have the ability to go back and look at the decisions I've made and really uh, allows me to also think about what I was feeling and why I made the decisions. So many of our decisions that we make are based out of a fear of loss or a fear of failure or a fear of not belonging, a fear of not being loved. So many of us function from a place of survival, you know, well, I should have done this differently. I should have said this. I should I would have, could have, all those. The should have, would have, could are the kryptonite for your growth. Total roadblocks in your path. And relatively useless without extrapolating. And the should have, would have, could you can't really extrapolate on because it's more like you're beating yourself up than you are taking a journey into yourself. I don't think any relationship is a waste if I'm willing to learn from it. I think every relationship is an opportunity to show up better for yourself so that when you're in a relationship, you can function from a place of love and acceptance instead of fear and anxiety. And most of my past relationships came at the right time. I'm sure even the toxic ones toxic ones that you guys have experienced, you could say the same. I know my most toxic relationships taught me my biggest lessons about myself and one thing that I think rings true is we attract what we think we're worth especially when it comes to people you know girls are always like oh he's such an asshole why why do you think you attracted an asshole that's you should be asking yourself why did you attract an asshole because therein lies the answer Therein lies all the truth. And I can look back and when I ask, what was I thinking? I know exactly what the fuck I was thinking. And when I ask, gosh, why did I, why him? I know why him. Cause I needed a fucking lesson. I needed a lesson. Sometimes there are signs. If you're open to it, there are signs all around us. And you give those signs meaning. And when it comes to your past relationships, I'm sure there were a lot of signs that you just missed because you weren't open to change, specifically for yourself. And most of the time, what I was thinking was from a place of survival for myself. You guys know I'm very open about my past and what I've experienced and the sexual assault I endured as a young girl and the constant attempts, numerous attempts from men into my being in a very disrespectful, harmful and toxic way. And I functioned from a place of survival because I was surviving during each one of those experiences. I was literally trying to survive and and not even having the space to heal. So so many of our decisions we make are from a place of fear and, and survival, and that's where all my decisions were made. That's why I was thinking what I was thinking from the past. You know, you said you think about past relationships and experience and wondering what I was thinking. We all do that. And if you go down and indulge that question a little bit deeper, you'll really get some answers. We don't sit with ourselves enough. We really don't sit with ourselves enough. There's such a great opportunity if you can create five minutes within your day and sit with yourself. No phone, no devices, nothing. Not even a fucking bobby pin. And sit with yourself. Do a little scan of your body. Check in. See where there might be some discomfort, some pain, some stiffness, some reaction. So much of that is numbed by the mundane existence that we have created within society. This hamster wheel that we're all in, we don't even know that we're experiencing some pain. I think if we all can just sit with ourselves and find an opportunity to check in with our our body, our mind-body connection, it would really create an impact within the the, the individual but subsequently within society. So if you have time check check in with yourself. A little time is better than no time. Speaking of checking in with yourself, I just checked out my cart on thrivemarket.com. That's right. The host does shop the sponsors of this podcast. Thrive Market is so dope. You can find all your grocery items in one place at an affordable price and anywhere else is almost impossible now. With Thrive Market, I get everything I need and so much more. Listen, you literally can shop everything from health, pantry essentials, sustainable meat and seafood to non-toxic cleaning and beauty products and I am here for that. I'm all about the non-toxicity, non-toxic people, non-toxic items, all delivered right to your door. Well, not the people, just the item. And if you find a lower price elsewhere, Thrive Market will match it. Hello? Why go elsewhere? And even if you do go elsewhere and you find it's cheaper, bring your ass right back to Thrive. Don't be dumb. Save your money. And you can get honey with your money. Thrive Market has honey. And you're also joining a community of 1 million members and sponsoring a family in need. And they also have fast and free carbon neutral shipping, (laughs) shipping, they're sheeps. They treat the sheeps nice. No, it's fast and free carbon neutral shipping, which is kind of awesome. You can feel like you're helping the environment while you're shopping for yourself. I love Thrive Market. I use it myself. And for all of our sharp tongue listeners, you can go and join Thrive Market today and get $80 in free groceries. Did you hear me? I said $80 in free groceries. That's a lot of dollars. Hello, Who doesn't want to save some money just for our listeners? Go to thrivemarket.com slash sharp to get $80 in free groceries today. That's thrive, T-H-R-I-V-E, market.com slash sharp, S-H-A-R-P, to get $80 in free groceries. Come on now. Don't act too good. Don't worry. You're not Oliver Twist. You're just resourceful. Go get whatever you need. Get some olive oil. Get some canned salmon like I do. It's not a sign you're going to die alone. You're just smart. Thrivemarket.com slash sharp. Let's see. We've got... uh, I asked her. I didn't say your name. Did not say it. Hope everyone's happy. Didn't not freaking say it. Um, She loved the most recent episode. The last bit is pure gold. As far as an active hobby goes, take up surfing, you'd rip. Girl, I am a terrible swimmer. When I tell you I'm a terrible swimmer, that's not offering an opportunity for anyone just to come, you know, and try and attack me in the water. See, that? that's where my survival brain goes, talking about it. Now I'm like, someone's going to know that I can't swim, and they're going to pick me up and drop me in the fucking ocean. Look, I, it's, it's so funny you say that, girl who is going to stand on? Un- Mentioned because I was talking to one of my best friends Who does free diving And he spear fishes And does that with A spear gun Under the ocean obvious, Well not under the ocean That would be the earth's bed uh, In the ocean And that's one of my biggest fears He goes down on a, on a fucking single breath of air Like he's some sort of Fucking ocean creature And shoots fish in the face I need a hobby. (laughs) I need a real fucking hobby. And so it's funny that you say I should take up surfing because I was discussing wanting a hobby and seeing my friend and his ability to just dive into the ocean made me realize I need something. I really need something. You know what I think you guys need? A little carpe diems. I love carpe diems. It's my favorite part of the podcast. I haven't done it in a while. We've done it on the girl podcast that we have, Giving You Real Life with Carly Aquilino. And I miss it, so I saved some for the Sharp Tongue Podcast this week. This one comes in from a fella. We're going to keep him unnamed, just in the spirit of keeping it cute. This individual says, I want to tongue fuck your booty hole. I mean, that's one way to get someone's attention, and that's bold. That's bold. I eat a lot of nuts, and uh, I snack all day, so I don't know what what you're getting yourself into. I can't guarantee what the territory is going to be like down there, so I I wish you the best. Uh, This is not an invitation for you to tongue fuck my butthole, but it's a very generous offer, and I'll take you up on it. Never. I'll never take you up on it. I'll think about it. Let's see what we got here. This one comes from another unnamed individual. You're the best, you know that. That's, at, that's August 6th at 8.52 p.m. Then he comes back October 1st, whole two months later at 9.13 a.m. Is this what they call sliding in the DMs? Then, this past Saturday, he says, so is this how you run into your DMs? I like the persistence. It's genuine, generally, seems genuine. But then again, everyone says it about serial killers. So we're going to have to wait and see on this one. Uh, this one hits me up. Another person, April 9th, 2019. You're so hot. November 16th, 2022. Can we go on a date? Can you imagine if that really happened in real life? Isn't it interesting how time sort of slips away when it comes to internet connections like this guy hits me up april 9th 2019 and then damn near two a year and a half later can we go on a date can you imagine a guy coming up to you and being like oh my god you're so hot and then showing back up two years later out of nowhere can we go on a date if we don't say no unless this dude has something special if we don't say no we deserve everything coming to us except for death and torture so maybe we don't deserve anything. Maybe nobody deserves anything. We we get what we get when we're in a certain place at a certain time, and we just have to deal with it. Oh, God, this one left a voice note. I'm scared. I'm scared. Oh, no. Let's see. Gla- okay, I, I was going to say his name. I, I see it. I was going to say his name out loud, but. I don't want to do that. Let's see. Let me let me pull this message up. Uh, here we go. Yeah, I'm sure it's something. It's nothing bad. I didn't say his name, right? Right, right. Jess, Jesse May, Jesse Mae Peluso. But I know Jesse May, cause yeah, okay, all right. Listen to me. A lot from Ireland here. I'm Tarlis in me mother's house, mother and father's house. Thirty five years of age seven-year-old daughter. Yeah, but no matter. But uh, you know what life's about. Microdose, smoke weed. Let's have a pint one day. Why not, church? Why not? Branch out. Start new things. Just positivity. Trying to understand what I'm saying. Jess, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna guess. Well, here's the thing. It that message was on February twenty-fourth, eleven a.m. He clearly sounds drunk, but he's also clearly Irish. I think they just wake up like that. And then May 18th, he sends me a message that says, marry me, please. He sounded like a fucking leprechaun. (laughs) Let's have a pint one day. Why not church? Why not branch out? Start new things. Just positivity. Do you understand what I'm saying? Jess you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> he said, branch out. Oh, that one really made me laugh. I thought that was funny. That was really, really cute. But the marry me is a hard pass. Uh, this guy says, fully support the new display picture. That This is my display picture. It's a it's a sex doll that I found after Googling sex face because my face looked like that from when I filmed my special at the Netflix is a joke festival and I found this picture of a sex doll that looked just like me. So now it's my, sc- my <laughs> display picture on, on social media. You're welcome, sir. I almost said your name, but we're going to keep it. We're going to keep it cool and keep it cute. Truly. Um, here's another DM. He says, I absolutely love your stories. X, 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 X. Okay. That's nice. That's, not, I don't even know if there's a sexual intention there he might just be like a regular dude who's <clears throat> dropping a little love on a girl's page but we all know when you guys do that what you really want this guy just says at 3 46 a.m hi babe huh excuse me sir babe no 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 no, no. not your babe i don't like to be called babe too soon it kind of feels a little for some reason it just feels off to me Uh, you know it's a little too close a little too uh a little too friendly if you if you ask me uh let's see we got a couple emails we did that one where I didn't mention the girl's name let's uh this is just a message let's see what this says Hi, I listened to your podcast with Joe Rogan from a year or so ago. First off, I want to say I'm sorry for the loss of your parents. I lost my wife, so I know how difficult loss of loved ones can be. I love the sides of your personality you showed on his podcast. I always have thought you are funny and give off tons of positive energy, but it was so nice to see your smart intellectual as well as caring and empathetic side. You are definitely right. Social media is unipolar, and if it wasn't for Joe Rogan, I would have never realized you have such a beautiful depth to yourself. thought I'd never... I, though I never thought you were shallow, are you going to perform in New York City anytime soon? Um, yeah, that that is an interesting thing. Like people's perception of you based off of the little crumbs that you leave on social media, and people create this whole story based off of their perception of what you're showing them. But it's not even my experience they're drawing their perception through a filter of their own experience, their own trauma, their own ancestral trauma and their own background and childhood. All of all of their perceptions being filtered through all of those realms and experiences in their life and then they're drawing up a conclusion as to who I am based off of my social media. In other words, nobody knows anybody unless you actually meet them and spend time with them. Nothing you see, is real on social media. I look like fucking Forrest Whitaker right now. I just caught a glimpse of myself, and I look like the one side of my face is too close to a candle. <laughs> I highly recommend Lemon Sponge Cake from Farmer and the Felon. Kudos to you fellas. This is a really, really interesting experience. I... um. Yeah, I just think that it's all it's all fake on social media and people draw these conclusions about who I am and when they look deeper into like my stand up or my interviews, there is a depth to me. I've I've always had this depth. And I think as a kid, I dumbed myself down and I kept myself somewhat superficial because The majority of people around me didn't have the depth that I had at that age. So then I developed this defense mechanism and this way to communicate. Instead of going deep, I kept it light and was goofy and silly. And I also think life experience changes the depth at at which you exist and spend your most time. And, uh, you know, ironically, the more you lose, the deeper you go. And obviously, you guys know I've experienced a lot of loss these past couple years. And it's created this depth of life perception. You know, we always talk about depth of perception when it comes to objects. But what about our depth of perception when it comes to experiences? That can be askew as well, depending on where you're at in your life and what the experience is in front of you. So, you know, I've gone through a lot that has changed my perspective and has allowed me to access deeper parts of myself. It's almost like when you go through loss, you're reintroduced to yourself and you shed aspects of you that didn't serve you before and you gain new aspects that will help you grow through this stage that you're entering. And for me, I've tried to look at every loss and find an opportunity for myself, not in a professional way, just in an existential way. I think every loss is an opportunity to learn something new so that the next time you gain. And truly, we're so afraid to let go of things. I think the more we let go of, the more room we make for what's true. It must have something to do with the fact that we're born attached to our mothers. The very act of our birth involves us attached to something. It's almost as if our existence begins with attachment. So I can understand why a lot of people struggle with letting go. I wonder if babies struggle with the umbilical cord being cut on an existential level. We'll never know can't communicate like that until we do ayahuasca. <laughs> but I truly think that one way to diminish disappointment and suffering is to strengthen your relationship with loss. There's this quote by Henry Ellis that my mother had written down on a piece of paper. And it said, the art of li- living lies in a mingling of... Letting go and hanging on. And the art of living, I think, arrives in the place where you are able to decide and differentiate between the two for yourself what to let go of and what to hold on to. And I can tell you, without a doubt for myself, letting go of my personal possessions has truly freed up space for my own healing. I think we possess items so much because back to the idea of us being attached at birth, that was a physical attachment and a nutritional attachment and obviously all of the attachment. But from a basic standpoint, that's a physical attachment. So I think maybe that's one of the reasons why we struggle with being so attached to items and things. But it's a good place to start if you want to practice creating some space in your life is letting go of small things something small in your life it could be anything it could be uh, your your favorite pen or something that you've put an emotional connection on it could be like a keychain something small practice letting go of things like that start small and go slow before you know it when it comes to losing people Not that it gets easier. Your connection and your relationship with it will expand further because you've created space for that expansion by letting go of objects and material things. I know every day I'm learning my relationship with loss and I know every day I'm learning to let go a little bit more. It's not easy. But the more I do it and the more I really breathe through those moments where I'm struggling is the time that I create more space for myself. So it's almost like you have to go through these struggles and be present in those moments of loss and allow yourself to feel the emotions because only when you feel an emotion Are you able to really let go of that experience? Look at people who bottle their emotions up. They have these like huge reactionary, dramatic responses to trivial things because they've bottled this all up. They haven't connected to the emotion of it. And so more often than not, a cornucopia of emotions will translate and manifest into anger. So I say all that to say that I hope you guys can find a little something to let go of this week, today, tomorrow, whatever it is, something that you hold value to. And I say that because I've lost so much. I've lost so many personal items that were both important to me on a professional level and in a personal level In the beginning of the year, I had my car broken into and the first designer bag I ever bought for myself, first and only, well, I have two. I'm not bragging. It's just to relate the story. This bag I bought for myself. It was my first expensive bag. That got stolen. Everything in it, even though my comedy notes made its way back to me, which is so bizarre. I had stuff for my mom and my dad in there. I had my book. I had my notebook. I had jewelry and just... Everything I carry with me was in that bag. And then I lost my dad's necklace in Lifkata, Greece and had to come to terms with that loss. That was a necklace I wore every single day. And it was a necklace that I touched every day and I felt the weight of it and I would think of my father. And I lost that in Greece. I lost a hope earring of my mom's in Syracuse over the summer. Just flew right out of my ear. Gone. I lost my virginity this past year. All these magical things have been lost. And each time I lost something, I realized that I still had the memory of the person it was attached to. And I think that's why we hold on to things, because we think they represent the physical being of the person we lost, the person we love, the moment in time that we felt our best and our bravest and, felt like life was great. We put these personal connotations on physical things I think to hang on to a moment or a person. And it's not good or bad. It it is it just is. But if we practice letting go of those things, we realize that that person is still with us and is omnipresent. The only way we can really Come to that actualization and that realization is if we have created some space. So I hope you guys can do that this week. I hope you guys can create some space. I hope you find a way to let go of something that's holding you down. Cause you don't even realize how heavy something is, how heavy it is until you let it go. We never know the weight of what we're carrying until we've let it go. So I wish that for you guys. And thank you so much for tuning in. This is just a regular week old school Sharp Tongue Podcast episode. And if you guys have any DMs that you have on your end, you want to submit for me to share on the podcast, you can DM them to me on Instagram, or you can email them to me at Comedy at gmail.com, and I can feature them on the podcast. And if you guys have any messages or, you know, whatever you want, we do Dr. Peluso episodes, but um, I read fan questions. Well, not fan questions, but fan emails on this Version of sharp tongue, so you can send those to Jesse Mapleuso comedy at gmail as well. And if you guys want to call into the podcast, don't forget we do that as well five one six nine sorry five one three nine one six zero nine three zero. Give us a call. Let us know how you're doing. Thank you guys so much for listening. Have a bitchin' week.